Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast number 28. Um, I am joined today by my uh, guest host, uh, Mo. Mo, are you, are you there? I am there. Uh, <laughs> good morning, John. How are you doing? <laughs> doing very good. You're there. You're here. Thank you so much for being uh, a, par- a, a part of this. Um, this is, this Thanks is for having me. Really good. Yeah, of course. Um, we, uh, we're going to be talking about liens today. Uh, we're going to be talking about liens that you kind of know that are there because you see the lien on the physical mobile home title um, or on the ownership paperwork if you're in an area where there's no titles uh, or a mobile home on a piece of land, there's a lien on that property. So we're going to be talking about a couple diff- diff- different stories today. Um, you have some experience uh, firsthand with with this, uh, and it's a really cool story. And it's actually something that happens a bunch. It's messed up, um, but it happens a bunch around the con- the country. Uh, we're gonna get into that just in a little bit um, with 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 your story, Mo. I wanted to talk about. Um, First, a deal that, that, that happened to me, it's regarding a mobile home on a piece of land. So it's a mobile home and a piece of land are together. This is John Fedro, and I'd like to interrupt your podcast uh, listening experience. Thank you for listening, by the way. Uh, but I wanted to make a special note. I'm, I'm editing this audio right now, and it's pretty advanced. I, I, I talk about some basic stuff uh, with regards to title insurance, sort of explaining things, but then we also get sort of deep and abstract. So uh, this is 40 minutes, and if you do uh, need to rewind uh, to listen to something over again, or you're not con- you're not uh, certain about something, or you're a little confused about something. Try to go back and listen to it because once you get confused about one thing, that can sort of be a slippery slope. Not uh, understanding something else, and then thinking if you are confused, then you don't you know know enough to proceed forward when that's not the case. When it might have just been a misunderstanding. So please feel free to rewind if needed to during this podcast. And also, if you have any questions, reach out to me at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. The second thing. I want to mention real quick is that there's going to be a few extra times when I chime in um, and kind of interrupt this podcast to kind of add something uh, while I'm editing that will make the audio make more sense for you. Uh, And whenever that happens, you're going to hear this chime. And that's going to let you know that that, uh, it's going to be me from the uh, more recent past coming in while I'm editing the video and uh, kind of t- saying one or two snippets uh, about something that'll make more sense for you. So, okay, now back to the podcast. It was one of my very first deals. The seller contacted me uh, and we negotiated a price. I knew that they owed around $60,000, like the high 50s on their home. Uh, they told me about the bank loan that they had. They were going through some bank and they had the, the property was worth about $100,000 and they owed about the high 50s on it. And so I negotiated with them, well, I will buy your mobile home and we're gonna leave the underlying loan in place. So I'm gonna take the deed and the title, you know, day number one, and I'm gonna leave the underlying loan in place of that high 50s of thousands of dollars. So I'm gonna leave that in place. 
and I didn't do a correct, uh, I didn't close through a title company, I didn't close through an, attor an attorney, and I didn't have a title policy done on the property. They didn't, sh so nobody checked uh, except for me doing some really amateur stuff um, just making sure like, okay, this guy does owe the amount of money. I called the bank. I verified how much he owes at the bank. And, you know, this guy seems to be on the up and up. His home needs a bunch of work and is a bunch of deferred maintenance. But, you know, what do I know? He's on the up and up and everything he told me so far is right. And I'm just so happy to be doing a deal. So we wrote up the contract and we, I did my quote unquote due diligence, which was not proper due diligence since I didn't even have a title company or an attorney <laughs> helping me. So um, there was no title search performed, which the title search is a, a professional look back into the history of the property. Uh, if you don't know what a title search is and you're a bit newer, uh, whenever you are buying a, a piece of real property, a piece of land, you want to have a title search done to make sure that the seller that's selling the home to you is the legit seller. They don't have any other siblings that might have a, a right to that ownership of the of the home and land. Also, that there's no other hidden liens on the property. Well, it turns out after I bought the home, did some work to it, cleaned it up a little bit, attempted to sell it with owner financing, uh, sold it to two people that took advantage of me at the time. And to be fair, I didn't know what I was doing. So, uh, But I ended up saying, you know what? I don't want to sell it on payments. I just want to get uh, cash because the market was really strong at the time in this particular part of, Flor of uh, Florida. So I put it on the market. I just become a realtor and I put it on the market myself. I was very proud and I got a cash offer on it. We wrote up a contract and I was very happy I was going to walk away with 40 some thousand dollars. And at closing, I learned, or right before closing, I learned that there was a $7,000 lien on the property, hidden, hidden lien. There was wow. that bank loan that I knew that the guy still had. I was making payments on that underlying bank loan of, I think it was around 60000 But there was a, a hidden child support lien. The guy that I bought the home from didn't pay his child support bill. And the, the, uh, there was a judgment attached to the property because the, the government knows that if that guy sold, sold his property, now there's a lien attached to it. Well, that lien is going to get paid. Now, I would have found that had I done a proper due diligence title search on the property, had I would have just paid an attorney to do that or a title company to do that, a few hundred dollars for the policy. And then for the insurance, there's title insurance as well that you can also get, which is going to be a percentage of the actual price that you're paying for the home. In this case, would have cost me around $1,000. To ensure that, okay, the title policy is good. So I didn't get that. It was just, there was no insurance, there was no title policy done. And when the new person was buying it from me, they did it the correct way. They found this $7,000 child support lien. Long story short, I was out $7,000. I still profited significantly, but it was just a really good lesson to. You know, I, I cut corners in the very beginning of the deal by doing a table a table closing. I made the paperwork myself. You know, I recorded the note my uh, the uh, the deed myself. I transferred it over. I didn't have a professional attorney or title company helping me, and I learned a lesson. Now, luckily, I still walked away with you know thirty plus thousand dollars after I sold that home and land for cash. But it was just a really good eye opener to you know think that you're cutting corners in the beginning. And saving a little bit of money or just being naive and being, you know, afraid sometimes to to talk to 
title agents or to talk to the title company or to talk to an escrow officer or a closing attorney. You know, if you think you can do this by yourself, it doesn't always mean that you should do this by yourself. So for me, that was one of my first deals with the mobile home on land. And it was a it was a big eye opener. And I know a lot of people are like thinking, like, well, obviously close the correct way. Why is that an eye opener? Do it the right way. But uh, but for me, it was a big eye opener uh, back then. And that was a hidden lean that I knew nothing about. I, I hope that made sense to the uh, folks listening. Did that did that make sense, Mo? Absolutely. And, and I think there's like three lessons in that whole story that I got. I mean, that is, you know, obviously was an expensive lesson to learn. Um, but, you know, just listening to you tell the story, you know, I really thought about three things uh, in that scenario. And, you know, one of the first things is you, you made a comment about how, you know, you felt like you were getting taken advantage of or you got taken advantage of, but you just wanted to do a deal. And I think that's something that I went through and I think all new people go through, whether it's in real estate investing or any type of business, they just want to feel like they're doing something. Like they're just, you know, I just want to do a deal, even if the deal doesn't make sense. And so I think what you see with your more seasoned investors or your more seasoned business people is that they are a little bit more cautious um, and, and they don't feel uh, it's not about quantity. It's more about the quality of the deal. Um, you know, and another thing you said is you were like, well, I didn't have anybody really showing me anything. And I think that's a um, to me that that's just such a great selling point on why you are so so valuable, you, you know, um, because now that you're putting out this information, um, hopefully people like myself, people that are listening, they won't make those same mistakes. And, and that is the value of, of, a, uh, of a mentor. And then, you know, finally, it was an expensive lesson. You had to pay $7,000 because a lien existed that you didn't know existed. However, just going back to the fundamentals of investing, you make money on the buy, not the sell. And, and because you bought so well, you were still able to, to be profitable. So I, I, I learned three things from you uh, in that one story. <laughs> so it was awesome. I have a little horror story myself, but it has a happy ending. It, 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 much like yours, it, it still has a happy ending. <laughs> Let's jump into that. That was a, um, yeah, paint a picture, yeah. if you will. So uh, January 2019, I started off the, uh, the year very strong where uh, I'm driving one day and two leads come to me, very good leads on, on the same day. Um, one of the leads, the leads that I'm talking about, that I'm going to be discussing today or the deal that we're going to be discussing today. And this was a three bedroom, two bath, single wide located in Shirts, Texas. Uh, and I went to go see the gentleman. I, you know, we made an appointment and I went out to his home to go look at it. And he was a very, very nice older man. And basically he uh, worked for an orphanage about an hour away. And so he was living in two different locations and he wasn't really living in the three bedroom, two bath that he was trying to sell. Uh, but he was still paying lot rent every month. He was still paying utilities, hence, which is why he was super motivated just to, to get rid of it. And it was an older home, but it was in very well-kept condition. So uh, I was doing my due diligence, and I was going through uh, the home with him. Um, and then I went outside, and, you know, they have the metal HUD label there. So I pull up the TDHCA website. The TDHCA is the Texas government department that uh, deals with transferring mobile home titles. Other states have different organizations that help and deal with transferring and, and issuing mobile home titles. We're going to talk about a little bit about that uh, later on in the audio program. Now let's head back to the podcast. I plug in the numbers that are on the uh, metal HUD label, and I see that there is a mortgage lien attached to the home. 
uh, by a company called Dynex. So I go back inside the home and I meet with the seller and I say, hey, you know, just to let you know that there is a mortgage lien uh, on your home. And he says, Mo, don't worry anything about that. I, I, I assure you that I have this home paid off and I do have the paperwork showing that it's paid off. Um, I've lived here for such and such. I pay the taxes on it uh, every year. And um, I just need to look for that paperwork because I'm in the middle of moving right now. It could just be in any one of these boxes. And uh, much like you, I was very trusting. You know, I feel like I'm a good judge of uh, character, even though that, that may, uh, history may, may, may show different. <laughs> and uh, uh, we started to talk about numbers. And the numbers were so good that I ended up buying his home, like right then and there on the spot, cut him a check. I think it's important to know that you do not typically need to cut checks on the spot. If you have a first appointment with the seller, most of the time in many areas around the country, you're not going to have to pay cash or write a check at that time. Uh, in fact, in some states, that's a little bit dangerous because there are uh, there is due diligence that we want to perform. We also may need to get approved by the mobile home park. Uh, so I just wanted to come in and mention that real quick because most of the time you're going to be able to leave that appointment, make an offer either in person or over the phone once you call back. Uh, but sometimes in some hot markets you do need to act very quickly, especially if it's a very good deal. You need to know what we can resell the home for, cash payments. Uh, that way you can be educated when you can go to the uh, home on the first appointment. And if you have to pull the trigger quickly, again, you don't want to be bullied or rushed into anything. But if the deal does make sense and there's a potential chance of losing, it uh, and it does make sense and you're experienced um, then you know writing a check will make sense uh, however I just kind of wanted to mention that just for the newer folks that you know you don't it's not typical that you'd have to necessarily write a check on the spot now let's head back to the original podcast um, so as we're getting close to you know he want he needed to stay in the home um, after I had already purchased it and I allowed him to do that it was just a couple of weeks if you let a seller remain in a mobile home after you purchase it, that's okay. In fact, that's one of the reasons why sellers want to deal with us because when they sell a home, they can remain in the home and they can have most of their money before they actually leave. Do hold, withhold some amount of their money. Uh, if you're giving them $5,000, you might just want to give them $4,000 or $3,000 or $3,500. Uh, and then when they leave the home, you want... Uh, you want an agreement in place, you want protection in place that they're going to leave the home on a certain date or there's a penalty, they're going to clean the home up when they leave or there's a certain penalty, they're going to leave all the appliances that is agreed to or there's a certain penalty. So you don't just want to go ahead and say, hey, go ahead and you know leave the home whenever you can. Uh, they should be responsible for lot rent while they're in there. They should be responsible for a lot of things while they're in there. So I just wanted to kind of make a mention and not just you know, have you think that, you know, you can just kind of trust the seller because we want to, but we want to keep the protection uh, in place. Trust, but verify, as they say. All right, now let's head back to the original podcast. But when that time was coming to an end, um, well, that was, you know, where I was wanting to get the SOL done and, and transfer uh, ownership. <laughs> okay, I promise this is the last interruption for a little while anyway. Uh, the SOL is a Texas form. It's a state form uh, to basically an application for a statement of ownership and location. It's really only applicable in Texas. Um, other states have something different. California has the uh, multi-purpose transfer agreement. Some states haven't required these transfer forms. Some states do not. On the mobilehomeinvesting.net website, there's a page that uh, breaks down state by state what the different requirements are uh, and paperwork when you are transferring transferring ownership from one person to another. Um, but that's what the SOL stands for. All right, now let's head back to the podcast. 
and uh, but I still had not received the paperwork uh, showing that he owned the home free and clear. So I uh, called him up and I asked him about uh, the paperwork, and he was like, "Mo, I don't know what we're going to do. I can't find the paperwork. I've looked all over for it. I don't know where it's at." And uh, immediately I was thinking to myself, "I, I don't know, you know, what I'm going to do either because uh, I, I know that I." It's going to be very difficult or impossible um, to transfer the uh, title into my name if um, we can't show that you own the home free and clear. Uh, so one of the first things I did, obviously, is I called my mentor, John Fedro, and I say, hey, I got this super good deal, um, you know, but we are running into an obstacle, and I don't want to give up on the deal because we we're getting it at such a good price, uh, but, but again, I, I don't know the numbers on the lien. I don't know how much he owes on it. If he does owe anything on it, he's saying he doesn't. And, um, you know, your advice was you pointed me to TDATA and say, Hey, let's start there first. Let's figure out if they can offer us a solution, what we can do to get the, the title, uh, uh, into your name. So I called TDATA and, um, they, uh, I, you know, I explained the situation to them and, it seemed like it was a very, it was almost like they were giving me a solution, but it wasn't something that was in policy. In other words, like, I'm not sure that there was a policy for this. I almost felt like they were telling me to do something and then they'll look at it and decide whether or not it's good enough. And if it's not, then we'll just continue jumping through hoops. Um, so I didn't know, like, I didn't feel very confident in, in kind of what they were telling me, but I'll, I'll kind of, you know, just for future reference for people that that um that are listening the following advice and procedures mo is going to give is related to texas mobile home titles and ownership other states are going to have different policies when it comes to notes being paid off we're going to talk a bit more about this later in the audio uh what what was told to me was i had to get a form b which is basically you know it's it shows that the the lien has been removed by whoever holds it and uh, you can download that form from the TDHCA website. And what they wanted, um, I explained to them, you know, the, the whole situation. And what they wanted the seller to do is to take this form B and mail it over to Dynex, which is the person that showed to hold the lien on the mobile home, and send it uh, certified mail with a return receipt. And I explained to them, I said, hey, Dynex doesn't even exist anymore. They went out of business in 2008. And, and their response to that was, we understand that. We anticipate that he will receive that piece of mail back because Dynex doesn't exist. And then after that, he'll sign an aff he'll fill out an affidavit of ownership. And in the affidavit of ownership, which is another form that you can um, get from the TDHCA website, uh, he will ex he will explain how he came across the home, how how he ended up purchasing the home. So you know he would say something to the effect, "I bought the home on this date from such and such." Um, I never received a form showing that I paid it off free and clear. Uh, at the direction of TDHCA, I sent off a Form B to Dynex. Dynex went out of business. I received it back, and now you know I'm I am trying to get this lien removed. And then he would send that off, the Form B and the uh, affidavit of ownership. He would send that off to TDHCA, and then kind of just see what happens from there. Um, so when that was all told to me, I was like, man, these, this is, these are a lot of hoops to jump through. And at the end of the day, I don't know if, you know, if I do all of this or I have the, you know, if I obviously I'm going to help the seller do all this. 
Uh, I don't know if this is going to turn out to where, you know, all, if all this work is going to um, produce uh, a successful deal. At the end of the day, we could do all of this work and, and um, nothing happens. You know, like I, I'm still not able to get the title into my name. So uh, I, I call up the seller. I let him know the information that I received, and, and um, he's, kind of, he's on board to do whatever it takes because he's kind of worried that he's just going to have to give up the home because he has to leave. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, he's in a situation where he, he's working an hour away, and, and he, now he feels like he's just going to have to abandon the home almost. But, again, he's still assuring me that he does own it free and clear. So I started doing my own research, you know, just – uh, open source on Google, and I, you know I researched Dynex, and I see that Dynex um, uh, sold out to a company in 2008, and they sold all their assets to this company. Uh, I tracked down this company, and I figure, uh, or I, I discovered that they they went ahead and they sold all their assets to another company in 2015, and that they're out of business, and um, uh, they ended up selling to a company called Ditech. So I called Ditech, and I think Ditech's headquarters is out of New York, and, I, and I'm not expecting anything uh, out of this. I'm expecting, you know, I'm, I'm almost expecting to be given the runaround or uh, they don't know what I'm talking about. But I call them up, and after being on hold for quite a while, uh, I actually talk to someone. I give them the name of the seller, and they look them up on the computer, and they're like, absolutely, we have information on this individual, but I can't give it to you. You have to, you know, we can call the seller. We can do kind of like a three-way phone call. And uh, he gets permission. I can release all this information. Um, but I knew at that point that the information probably that they had was kind of was going to be on par with what the seller was telling me, and that he owned it free and clear. So I'm super excited at this point. I'm like, okay, this deal is about to happen. So I hang up with uh, Ditech. I uh, immediately I call the seller and I said. Uh, his name is uh, Mr. Martin. I said, Mr. Martin, we have some good news because I know that you were worried that you were not going to be able to sell your home, that you were going to have to abandon it, uh, and that's not going to be the case because I was at, at, you know, I was able to track down the company that uh, you know now holds, uh, you know, was holding the lien or actually bought the assets, and uh, they're going to be able to provide us the information necessary to show that you own the home free and clear. I just need you to call in, and he responded by saying, Mo. That is great. Thank you so much for doing all of that. But the good news is, is I found the paperwork that shows that I own the home free and clear. It was one of these boxes uh, here in the mobile home. <laughs> so it all turned out just beautifully, beautifully. So about two weeks later, um, I didn't pay him 100% of, of the balance on the home because he was staying in there. So I paid him like 80%, and I owed him about a thousand bucks. And we were gonna we were gonna finalize that and, and exchange money and keys. Uh, on a particular day that we had set up. So when I went out to pay him the balance and, and, and get the keys, he gave me all the paperwork, and he actually had the actual TDHCA paperwork that had been notarized showing that he owned the home free and clear. Um, and so, you know, looking back, it had a great, great ending. But at first it was super stressful because I had, you know, we put in a lot of time and a lot of work and, and, and – uh, it's just a heartbreaker when you think that you're going to have to give up on a very good deal, a deal that, that is going to be um, extremely profitable. Um, uh, and so I think looking back, um, I don't know how I would have done anything different. I, I, I can say this, that I think that there are some people out there that they would have encountered the mortgage lien 
and they would they would have only gone so far perhaps, and then they would have just gave up on the deal. And I think that happens a lot. I I think that um, the harder it is to do the deal, the less competition there is for the deal. So um, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, so. Um, at the end of the day, I'm extremely happy that I kept putting one foot in front of the other, even though um, I was never very, very optimistic for some reason. Uh, and perhaps I should have been. I should have had a more positive mindset. But with that being said, you know, even though I felt like I was going nowhere, I kept walking forward. And I just kept jumping through the hoops uh, necessary. Um, you know, it, 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 and, and I was willing to do that up until the point where they told me where someone would eventually tell me that there, no matter what you do, you're not, you know, this is not going to happen. Um, but that wasn't the case. It turned out very, very well. Um, so don't give up. I guess that's the moral <laughs> of the story. I picked up a number <laughs> of things from that. Now, uh, now did it transfer with the paperwork that the seller provided you? Um, then, then everything transferred over into your control smoothly. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's not uncommon that folks get their satisfaction letters or they, they make their last payment and Dynex never sends them anything or it just falls through the uh, cracks or the, the owner says, well, I'll go ahead and do this later. I'll take that lien off. I'm just so glad I paid it off. And it doesn't get taken off right away. I mean, this was how many years later and that lien still online was not satisfied. I think it's a great point that you made as well that the more hoops that we're willing to, ju to jump through, there's less investors or less people willing to jump through all those hoops. Um, great job, Mo, seriously. And, and for the folks listening, the um, here in Texas, uh, we have the TDHCA, and there's an online search. Most states around the country, there's no online public record search where you can just type in a, a mobile home VIN number in your state and pop up all the information. Texas does have that luxury, um, although there's we don't use titles. There are some other issues as well, but... Um, but that's what you were referring to, Mo, the, T, the TDHCA. That's our manufactured housing sort of organization. Right. In California, it's the HCD. In other states, it's the Department of Transportation or the Department of Motor Vehicles or the Motor Vehicles Association or Secretary of State. So there's a manufactured home sort of titling department, um, you know, in, in, in every state. And so... Um, First things first, just great job, seriously, sticking through this deal, sticking through the home. I'm curious, would this seller have given you back the thousands of dollars that you already paid? Like, did you have any worry about that or? Um, so, yeah, so I, I actually, I, I did have some worry about that. Well, you know what? Um, I had worry about that just from a, um, uh, an objective, you know, business standpoint. Mm -hmm. But as far as knowing the seller, you know, um, the time that I had spent with him, which wasn't very long, right, but it was about an hour and, and just getting to know who he was, no, I, I, I didn't. Um, and, in fact, when I called him and I let him know, I pretty much let him know that, hey, if this deal doesn't go through, you know, I'll just, you, you know, you'll have to reimburse me my money. And, and, and uh, immediately he was like, yeah, absolutely, Mo. He goes, but I would just hate to, uh, he goes, I don't know. You know, I, I almost felt bad for him because he was like, I have no problem with reimbursing your money, Mo. I just don't know what I'm going to do with this home, and I hate to have to abandon it um, because I do own it, and I just, if I could just find this paperwork. And so you could tell there was a lot of um, worry and frustration in his voice, which um, 
for a moment made me forget about doing the deal, and it just made me want to kind of help them, you know, just help them get out of this bad situation. And I think that's what we're always kind of trying to do um, in in any type of business. You know, you 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 want you want this deal to go through, but I, at the same time, there's a, there's a, you know, I think the best businesses, like I said, and I think we've spoken about this before, are the ones where you can make a profit, but you can help people at the same time. Um, so I was glad that we could do that and we could get it all figured out because he ended up walking away um, with uh, money in his pocket <laughs> and I took over that problem. Um, so it was a win-win and that's, the, that's, that's, those are the deals that I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to create a win-lose. I, I, I love creating win-win situations. It is, it's beyond nice. I was going to say it's nice. It's beyond nice when we can, you know, we, we do a deal and we make a profit. That's, that's, that's to be expected. That's great. That's what we're in the business for. But when we can actually go over and above, learn things, help people, solve problems, be detectives almost. And, you know, this small little way of, you know, listening to people's problems, like that's what they are. They're problems, they're challenges, there's things to overcome. I'd like to sort of imagine what would happen if we couldn't get that lien taken off. Yeah. Like let's say that that, you know, he, he didn't have any paperwork. So I was to... thinking about that. Um, yeah, I would, obviously I wouldn't want to give up on the deal. Um, but now at this point, you know, the, like we talked about before, you make money when you buy, not when you sell. So we want to, you know, we want to get our numbers straight. We want to figure out what the new numbers are going to be and to see whether or not this is still going to be a profitable deal. So what you know, we can determine whether or not we can help the seller. So I think I would have continued down the same road of kind of doing my own research and figuring out, you know, calling Dynex, calling that middle company, and then finally getting to Ditech. And I try to figure out what what he owes on the home. If he does in fact have a lien, he does not owe it free and clear, and we figure that out. Okay, well now for me it's about knowing how much he owes on that home and knowing whether or not that's something that I I want to tackle. And if I do tackle those you know, uh, if I do tackle that, um, is it still profitable for me? Because he might have owed, you know, a thousand dollars on the home, and, and and for me, that 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 still would have um, been a do a very doable deal, a very lucrative deal, and it, and we would have just gone back to the table in terms of negotiations um, with the seller. Yeah, had had he owed thirty thousand dollars on the home, this would not have been a deal. Had he owed just a thousand dollars or two or three or four, that may still very much work out that we can pay off that loan now. Let's actually talk about note payoffs, and there's a lot of different sort of if-then scenarios that that this could take. You are dealing with a seller, and the mobile home seller has an underlying lien on their property. Well, is that lien more than the home is worth? Is that lien a lot less than the home is worth, ideally? You need to know the resale, a realistic cash value, and then payment value as well. Down payment, monthly payments, what are people willing to pay for this home? That way you can understand if you actually want to move forward and make an offer. But once you know the under underlying payoff for that uh, for that lien on that mobile home let's say it's a mobile home inside of a park and a mobile home inside of a park uh, if you go ahead uh, you, you cannot transfer that home in most cases because the bank will say we're not going to transfer the title until the underlying lien is satisfied so in the event that there's a mobile home that you can buy, let's say you, you won't go over $8,000 for this particular mobile home, and the lien is $6,000. Well, you can pay the bank $6,000, you can give the seller the remaining balance up to 8,000, 
you know, so that you're giving them like 2000 or maybe a little bit less than that because of different fees. So you're all into this home for 8000 and that works out. You can pay off the underlying note. Wonderful. There's another situation where there's a mobile home and it uh, has a payoff of, let's say, $20,000. Now, that $20,000, it's because it's a nice home. It's from the mid-2000s. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, double-wide in a nice park. And it makes sense that if you can get into this home, you can sell it for $40,000 on payments. You can sell, you can rent it if the, if the park allows renting. And we're going to get into that. So let's go back to the first example where there's a mobile home and you can pay off that underlying note. Well, how exactly does that work? Now, in different states, it's going to work different. With different lending companies, it's going to be in different loan servicers. It's going to be a little different as well. We want to go ahead and make sure that we are protected and make sure that our sellers are protected as well. Now, the people listening to my voice, you listening to my voice right now, you're not going to take advantage of or screw a seller that wants to sell their mobile home to you. Um, so we, 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 we know that. We know we're going to take care of the seller and we want to make sure that we have the paperwork uh, and the power on our side so that the seller can't take advantage of us in this situation. And here's what I mean. We're going to have to go ahead and pay off the seller's underlying note before the title gets transferred into your ownership or if you're in a state, in a state without titles uh, then with, before the ownership is, tra is transferred into your name. There's going to be a point. It's either going to be a day or it's going to be a couple days or it's going to be a couple weeks where you've paid off the seller's underlying lien and then that title is in transit somewhere either uh, via email or via wire or via um, the actual mail. So this is what I mean. When we want to, when you're talking to a seller, mobile home seller that has a lien, we want to understand, uh, there's a lot we want to understand about the home, about the market, about the park, um, about supply and demand, about what time of the year it is. But with regards to the lien itself, we want to understand and call the bank up with the seller or by adding ourselves on as authorized user, as a financial friend, using an authorization to release mortgage information form. We want to go ahead and use that or call the bank with the seller to go ahead and have the seller say, yes, this person can ask questions on my behalf. We want to find out the payoff. How much is this home, the, the lien on this home, how much is the actual pay, payoff? because we're going to be the ones paying it off. The second thing we want to know is what is the process after paying off this underlying lien? If you're paying off the underlying lien as a financial friend, we want to go ahead and find out what happens. What's the turnaround time before either a new title gets sent to the seller because they don't really know who you are. They're going to pay off the title. They're going to pay off the underlying lien. And then that lender is going to send a title, either a signed and a signed and released title, meaning that the lien has been released, and they're going to send a physical title and or a satisfaction of lien letter to you, or not to you, but to an address. Typically the address on file at the bank where the money was lent, but you can go ahead and have the seller change that to a different address, to your address. We want to make sure that if we pay off the underlying note, the title is coming to our address or to our attorney's address. And we also want to have a power of attorney. You should, by this time, you should have gotten all the closing documents needed as if you were already buying the home. So the moment that you pay off the underlying note, before that or right then, we want all the closing documents as if you did purchase this home. Because once the loan is paid off, either the title will come via mail 
to the address on file, which should hopefully be your address or your attorney's, then you can go ahead and get with the seller and they can sign the as, as seller, or you can use the power of attorney to sign on their behalf if they just go MIA. If you still owe them money, you'll wanna hold on to the cash that they're getting as equity until they sign the title over to you. Other states are electronic lien states, and they or it's not just the state, but it's also the lender, and then also when the state came online with the electronic lien, and if this if the lender is is caught up with that. So some lenders they'll release the electronic lien uh, electronically, and they'll send an alert and a message to the state, and then the the uh, lien holder, I'm sorry, the, the 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 borrower, the seller can go down to the state's title office and have a title printed out that it shows it's free and clear without any liens. If that the case you may be able to go the next day or the day after again find out the turnaround time once you pay off the underlying lien what's the turnaround time and procedure that the seller that the owner of this home is going to go ahead and get free title I'm not sorry not free title but a title that's that's that that's free and clear and then once that comes in you can use the forms that you've already had signed hold off on dating them then you can use those forms to transfer all the ownership into your name you can have a neutral kind of attorney being a, being a third party here um, many times that doesn't need to happen um, and I can tell you just from my personal experience that that has it's not happened where a seller has kind of screwed me um, because we protect ourselves, because we stack things in our favor. Um, doesn't mean it couldn't happen, of course, but just important to really kind of be aware of your surroundings and what's happening. So that's kind of deal A, uh, vaguely. And then deal number B, <laughs> deal B, we are um, it, it, talking about a mobile home that is uh, that there's a lien of like 20 grand. And we don't want to pay off $20,000 if we don't have to. We might not have it. We might want to use that money for like two or three or four other homes. So in these types of situations, there has to be a few things that kind of fall into place where the mobile home that the mobile let's say it's in a mobile home park again the mobile home that has this twenty thousand dollar lien on it uh, it needs to be a fixed rate or it needs to be a decent um, underlying payment that we can go ahead and pay and we can still make a little bit of cash flow because we're gonna have to pay insurance we're gonna have to pay the lien principal and the lien interest we're gonna have to pay the parks lot rent as well so all those things add up what can we rent this property for and I say rent because we usually don't talk about renting mobile homes but in this case we want to because uh, and I'll we'll kind of loop back to why you want to rent it but when you're dealing with the mobile home again you want to know about the park the procedure the application process the time of the year supply and demand what else is for sale is this the path of least resistance the list goes on but when we're talking about the lien itself in relation to the mobile home and what we should do normally we would want to purchase we would want to get that lien wiped off that way the title could come into our name and we're not risking having a title that's in somebody else's name so but in this particular case, if the, if, the, if the due diligence makes sense, if the deal makes sense itself, there's paperwork that you want to have to protect yourself. There's procedures that you want to have to protect yourself that we'll talk and touch on a little bit later. But as far as the lien goes, for a mobile home that, that owes the bank $20,000, if you're able to, uh, we don't want to assume that underlying lien. Uh, we want to go ahead and continue making payments on behalf of the seller, behalf of the, 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 the borrower. So this, this type of... Uh, a creative type of deal where we're able to take over control of the mobile home while keeping the seller's lien in place 
it should be in a park that allows for renting. It should be in a park that doesn't need to see proof that the title has transferred after somebody's purchased it. Some parks want to see titles with the new buyer's name on it. Other parks want to see bills of sale or purchase and sales agreement or some other form that we can show that we've sold the homes. Other parks don't ask. They don't want to know that. They just want to have the new buyer or the new resident sign the rules and regulations, sign, sign the lease, etc. So with that said, we want to be in a park that they're not going to demand that the person inside of the home be on the ownership, be on the title. They're not going to demand to see that. I think I've made that perfectly clear and you can sort of see where this is going maybe, where we're going to go ahead and get all of our closing papers signed day number one. Day one is when we're actually closing, quote unquote closing, because we're not buying anything, but closing with the seller. We're getting all of our sales paperwork signed and in different states that's, that's different. Um, you know, you're going to need somewhat of different paperwork in different states. Uh, by the way, on the website, mobilehomeinvesting.net, uh, there's a page where it shows every 50 states kind of closing procedures. But you want to get those paperwork signed day number one. And then we're going to go ahead and start making the underlying payments on that note. The seller has left the home. We're going to get new people in the home, and we want to rent the home out. We want to rent the home out because you don't technically own the home yet. We have a lot of paperwork saying that we're going to own the home whenever this lien is paid off. We've already gotten things pre-signed we've left the date off most of this paperwork we've gotten everything pre-signed and now we're continuing to make the underlying loan payment we're making the payments to the park we're making the payments to the bank there should be a new insurance policy with a landlord policy uh, naming you as primary insured the bank as mortgagee and the seller as additionally insured now I really suggest that when you're collecting this rent, when you're making some sort of cash flow, put that extra money towards the underlying loan. Get that principal paid off as quick as you can. And in fact, I'll give you another tip. Whenever you're selling the mobile, I'm sorry, whenever you're buying a mobile home this way, it's a it's a possibility. I've never had this happen, but it's a possibility that the seller could come back and really try to, you know, scam you. And what they could do is when you've paid off, when you've paid down this note, let's say it's three years into the future and you've paid down this note, it went from 20000 now you only owe 4000 Well, that seller, the person that sold you the home, the person that is still on title, you're paying all the taxes, you're paying everything, the park's happy, your renters are happy, there's maybe new people in there, and You've been able to pay down this underlying note to just 4000 Now the old seller comes along and goes ahead and pays off that note, has the, the, owner, has the free and clear title come to them, because remember, they, they still have a say. They're still the ones the bank will definitely talk to. They'll talk to us as well because we've added ourselves um, as, as an authorized user. But the seller can always go back and say, hey, I'm going to pay off the 4000 Send me the title. Now the title, they have the title. It's free and clear. They can transfer into somebody else's name now we don't have any sort of uh, paperwork going from you know this new person to us so they've effectively just kind of cut around us and we would go ahead and lose out on that deal I mentioned that because it's possible but definitely not probable and there's things we definitely want to do to make sure that we protect ourselves whenever you're dealing with people and correct me if I'm wrong Mo this gentleman he didn't want the home anymore. He wanted to move on with his life. He wanted the money that you were going to give him. And he was so appreciative of the, of the help that you were offering him. Absolutely. I mean, you should be able, you should be able to figure that out in your, in, in, uh, in your interaction, obviously, with the seller, their level of motivation. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably your main priority when you are meeting with the seller is to find out their level of, uh, of motivation and, and knowing why you know, they want to sell. And, and, and if for some reason 
the uh, which I don't foresee why that that would ever happen. But if the seller is just trying to fool you and really doesn't want to sell, and this is all just a scam to get you to pay off the lien, then uh, man, more power to them. Well, that's that's. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. There is that paperwork involved, and even I've gone so far as um, video and audio recording my sellers saying, or even getting handwritten letters saying, you know, prior to closing, thank you, John. You know, this is the situation. You're helping me out. You know, I'm so glad I'm doing this deal with you. You know, you are buying my home. You're paying everything off first, and you can get a third-party attorney involved to make things seem, you know, be um, more more official. Now, a second example, let's say that you knew that uh, Dynex, that he had paid Dynex off. He, he was able to somehow convince you that, listen, I, I haven't made Dynex a payment in 20 years. Like, they, this is so old. You know, I got the loan back in the 70s, and it's, you know, it's, it's definitely clear now because even if it was a 30-year note, that was 20 years ago. So, you know, it would have been paid off like 20 years ago. So let's say hypothetically... Mo, that you, this is sort of a pop quiz, if you knew that the, that the lien was satisfied, but we could not convince the state, so the lien was showing on the ownership, on the title, or on the SOL here in Texas, the lien was on the title, uh, it was in the gentleman's, you know, the title is in the, the, sell, the seller's name, what are your, you know, what are your options at that point? Let's say that the park doesn't even care to see, like, the transfer of title. They don't even need to see, you know, when you buy the home, they don't want to see anything. They just say, hey, Mo, make sure you sign our lease agreement. Make sure you get approved. You know, two thumbs up. What do you do? Do you back out of the deal? Do you, you know. So in, in this scenario that the SOL is in the seller's name, but it's still showing a lien. Um, but according to the seller that, you know, it's it, even if on a 30-year note, that was so long ago. And, and, you know, logically he would have paid it off. So he's, he's basically saying that he owns it free and clear. He just doesn't have the proof of it. Right, and, and he'll still sell it to you for okay. a very, you know, you know that you can make a profit on this. But he won't, he won't really sell it to you mm -hmm. because he can't transfer ownership, but he will give you, like, let's say a bill of sale. Does that stop you from mm -hmm. doing the deal? And, you know, yeah, if it's still a quote-unquote profitable yeah. deal, but he doesn't have clear title to sell you uh, and the park's not breathing down your throat either – what do you do? What are your options? I mean, what would you do just, you know, at first, at first thought? Yeah. And, and again, in this scenario, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like when it's, it's funny because a lot of times when I'll call you, uh, John, and, and I'll, I'll be looking for a clear cut answer and you'll say, you, you usually your answer is like, well, Mo, it, it depends. Every, every situation is just different. It just depends. And so in this situation, um, uh, obviously, uh, we can't, we're not going to be able to contact like uh, the lien holder and, and figure out, or, or, you know, maybe, maybe they, they, they've sold yeah. out or whatever. Okay. So I, I, am just, uh, yeah, hy hypothetically. Okay. So I would do the deal. Uh, to me, that's, that's a no brainer. I mean, if I have to go through, like at the end of the day, um, you know, the park's not breathing down my neck or his neck on, on seeing an SOL. If a bill of sale will suffice, you know, I'm going to take everything. It's it's um, the totality of the circumstance. So I'm going to look at everything that, that is provided in front of me that's being given to me by the seller. And I'm going to make a determination on whether or not I feel like he's like this is on the up and up and, and he does own it free and clear. We just don't have the documentation to show that. And if I feel that that's, that's, that's what it is in my gut, then I'm going to go ahead and do the deal. 
uh, and just keep going forward um, on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna help the seller. I'm gonna I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do the deal and and um, make money on this home. And if worse comes to worse, we can go down that road. I have no problem with um, doing a uh, you know affidavit of ownership and trying to do some detective work and figuring out where this home changed hands and, and, and proving that this gentleman did own the home at some point, if push comes to shove. Um, you know, and I think when you're in business, you cannot be afraid to do stuff like that. You know, you, 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 you don't, don't shy away from it or don't run from it. Uh, you got to be prepared to do battle. So I like that a lot. <laughs> you got that right. We want to be a person of authority in our marketplace. We want to be here. We want to be helpful. I very much agree with you, and we're talking kind of if-then scenarios, but thank you for playing along with that hypothetical situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are, the, those are always fun to go through, and, and, and it's good to run through those hypotheticals because um, it's better to be prepared uh, and have a plan in place for if and when that situation does happen. You kind of already have thought, thought through uh, different scenarios on, on how you want to proceed um, as opposed to, you know, just running into the scenario and not knowing what to do at all, unless, unless you have uh, a, a wonderful mentor like John Fedro that you can call <laughs> at any time and get all these, uh, you get get all the answers. You don't have to do any of your own research. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to edit some of those out. That I appreciate that, Mo. That you have done. I am, you know, just what you are making the name for yourself. You're making the reputation. You're helping out these sellers. I am happy to take your calls, um, and because it means that you're actually doing stuff and you're helping people and you're taking action. Please call me as much as needed. But my goodness, you're the one, you know, doing all this work. Did you? Uh, this deal is going to be. Are you still holding that one, or are you selling it for cash or payments out of cur out of curiosity? Uh, I am. I am. Uh, so it, it, it's it's funny. I'm trying something a little bit uh, different, John. I, I so I know that on, on uh, the past deals that I've done, they've they've been for cash. I've marketed them cash, and um, what has always happened though is even though I market the deal for cash, people will always call me and ask me, "Would you consider payments?" And in the past, I was always I just wanted you know I wanted to do a cash deal. And, um, you know, payments puts an, an option. So what I'm doing on this one, and I'm just trying it out, is I, uh, I, I currently do have it uh, for sale, and, and I have posted it on Facebook Marketplace. I've posted it on Craigslist, and um, I have it for sale uh, all cash. But that's only because I know just from my past experiences, um, it, it, well, here's the funny thing, is that I have it for sale all cash. And if somebody offers me something really good for all cash, I'll take it. But deep down, I really want to sell it for payments. <laughs> and so, so the, you know, people will ask me, well, if you want to sell it for payments, why aren't you marketing it for payments? It's because from my past experience, which is not a lot, but every, every home that I've sold in the past, I've sold it for all cash. And every time I've put an ad for all cash, people call me and ask me if I would be willing to own or finance. So I know that I can kind of get the best of both worlds, that if I list it for all cash, people will still call me and ask, will I be willing to own or finance? And little do they know, absolutely, yes, I will uh, own or finance that deal. I, I, I don't throw out a price. What I do is I already have kind of like the number I, I uh, want to sell it for a month, and I know what the down payment is. Um, so I'll tell them. So, you know, I'll say something to the effect of, and, and what I like about this strategy is it, is it makes it look like, and, I, and you are, it doesn't make it look, but you are. You're, 
you're doing them a favor, right? Like, well, I wasn't, you know, I'm, I, I really wanted to sell it for cash, but I really like you, and I, I, I think you would be a very good tenant, and I'd love to have you own this home. Um, so let's see if we can work something out. Let's see if I can do something to help you. And so let's talk about how we can structure this in a way that you can afford it. And uh, deep down, I kind of already have my numbers set up. I know what I want down, and I know what I want a month. So I don't tell them like the number. I don't say twenty-five thousand. I'll say something like I want three hundred and fifty dollars every month for sixty months, and I want three thousand dollars down. And you know, and if they want to get a calculator and add that up, um, and they're like, well, that's more than twenty-three thousand. Well, the reason why that is is because now we're talking about getting money over time, right? And and so I'm kind of um, putting myself in in a uh, in a bad situation in order to help you out. And so we got to try to create a win-win situation. And if they can't see that, then they're not then they're not the person I want to sell to anyway. If you get any sort of pushback on that, if they're not humble, if they're not appreciative of what you're trying to do, buying a nice quality manufactured home, mobile home, uh, on payments, I don't want to say is a needle in a haystack opportunity, but it's a needle in a haystack opportunity, especially a nice one. On again, on payments where you don't have to go through a bank. When you called somebody that was selling it for cash, you know. These, these people can now pay rent or less than rent for the next five years, and they're going to own your home. Yes, it's not the original numbers that they were calling about, but neither are the terms. I mean, they were you were advertising for cash. These people wanted payments. So, yeah, if they're getting snippy with you or mad or like if it doesn't fit their like, oh, no, I don't want to pay twenty three thousand. It's like, that's perfectly cool. Like I that that's hey, a lot of other people wouldn't either. But there's a lot of people that will. So if you don't see the value in that, you know. This relationship doesn't need to go the next five years. This was awesome. This was really good. We talked about more lean stuff than I thought than I than I thought we would. We kind of got a little uh, little abstract. So I'm I'm you know if hopefully if folks were able to kind of keep up and pay attention with the different like if then scenarios and. I know I talk fast sometimes, so I hope that that all made sense. And Mo, you were thank you so much for being here. Uh, that was really helpful. And I know that this deal just happened. It's still it's still happening. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you so much for being here. That was um, so much fun. I know that we'll talk soon, uh, probably this week. So yeah, anything you need, I'll be Absolutely. here. But thank you again for coming on the podcast, and uh, hopefully in the future we can have you on again. That would be fantastic. It's so much fun, and thank you so much, John, for having me. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 